Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into our number three of Sharp Money. Of course, this show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you here from the D in Las Vegas, Nevada. Our next guest, again, Amal, we don't play favorites. Never have, right? We're across the board. We treat everybody equally. Tim Doyle is one of our favorite guests that we've ever had on our old show and I'm currently on this show. Tim, how are you, my friend? Again, he's all over the, the map, America. He's CBS Sports, NBA TV. Uh, he's everywhere. Oh, my God. He's already got the money bag out. What are you wearing? Are you wearing that jacket to dinner tonight? What is that? So t- I got into a country club of all. David, nice <laughs> to see you again. And I feel like Rodney Dangerfield feels going to uh, Bushwood, right? Bushwood. Yeah, Bushwood. Here's my goal, Amal. Right? If you join a country club, obviously you got some money. I think we set up a book there. I think we book, start booking everybody's action. And we start running the book out of there. Uh, Dave, Amal and I went out for uh, – Partying in uh, alcohol one night. Does not drink alcohol. Okay? No, he doesn't drink. Which I find amazing because I've actually never made love sober in my entire <laughs> life. So the fact that he has to consistently do that, I think it's a hats off to him. How do you do it? <laughs> Timmy. We had, we had a great time. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you one thing. Tim is a lot of fun. He was calling the game that night. Mm-hmm. I think it was the uh, Nevada game. He oh, sends me yeah. a text at halftime. He's like, hey. I'm just telling you, I'm watching this game. I can't bet on it. I'm calling we the game. The but he's like, he's like, hey, man, I would recommend maybe you take a look at this game. And you know what? Listen, <laughs> it was entertaining. Tim does a great job. But I will tell you one thing. I agree with Tim. I think we should set the book up there at the country club because, Tim, here's the advantage we have. We can just kind of increase the number on the favorites a little bit. You know there's a bunch <laughs> of square bears around there. Totally. We can uptick that a little bit. And by the way, for both of you guys, because I know you're both bachelors, you know, a lot of unhappy, bored, bored housewives. So I'm going to keep my eye out. You know, David, I'm always looking for those yeah. that have kind of the fancy handbags and the jewelry and stuff. And it's basically a mall because 
I need to have friends out here. Like, people don't understand that I have Joel Embiid over 35 and a half points today. And even though he's played the Raptors twice this year, he had 34 and 28. He's been under in those games. But in the month of December, he's given you 41 a night. So that's a play that I'm targeting. Hold I on a second. Little plays, but like, people don't understand when I have to get in the weeds about props and stuff. Hold on a second. Did you said you're taking Embiid yeah. at over 35 and a half? I knew you had elephantitis of the testicles, but come on, buddy. <laughs> this is a large number here. I know he had 51 last game out this is insane you know this isn't once in the month of december amal twice he has broken 50 points and toronto i think is a very difficult team to handicap because you see them on paper you're like all right this team's like a 43 win team problem is they've been a disaster against the spread i don't love the game but Embiid's in those type of zones right now and if you want to bet who's going to win the mvp He's the favorite. I will say this about the MVP. Mm. He is the most talented offensive player in the league from a size standpoint, the way he can put the ball on the floor, mid-range jump shots. It's not the most talented player in the MVP award, okay? It's the most valuable MVP award. So I think Halliburton deserves some love, but the best player right now in the NBA is Nikola Jokic. He would be my play, and I think he's going to be pick him at some point, but it's interesting Memphis gets John Moran back, uh -huh. and he has he's he's taken some of my MVP money over the last couple of years. I had him at fifty to one. I bet him last year, but now that he's back, the Grizzlies are two and zero. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because I know you and and your son Joe were watching the game last night, and I know you think that I, you you have three kids, right? But you haven't named any of them Ja. You said you would name one kid after Ja. Now. I don't know how you can win MVP. He can't win MVP after coming off a 25-game suspension, can he? Or could you make the argument that if he drags this team back up into the postseason that you could make a case for Jai's MVP? How do you look at that equation? Yeah, I mean, him winning the MVP, I think it's going to happen, David. Uh, just like when he got drafted, I told everybody, and I mean everybody, you take him at number one. Now, you took Zion because you're going to sell a lot of tickets. But Ja is the modern-day Russell Westbrook. He is the modern-day Derrick Rose. And both of those guys won MVPs. And his first game back, he was getting eight and a half against the Pelicans. <laughs> we jumped on board. We jumped on board again. So Ja knows this. We're 2-0 and so far betting Ja Morant. And I did lose that bet. Now, I had to name my son Vince, right? Vince was so boring. <laughs> but middle name is Carter. So Vince Carter Doyle, half man, half amazing. Can't wait till this kid gets older. <laughs> Timmy, you're well, you're six seven, right? No, he's not. Six six, six, six five. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's not actually six seven. You're right. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm probably legit. No socks on, six four and a half. Oh, but I thought he was I going wear, there when he said that. Yeah, I wear orthotics, and I normally wear two <laughs> pairs of socks to kind of build me up a little bit. Funny of all, last time a woman, not going to name names, Susie Doyle, she goes, oh, you're pretty tall. I said, we're all the same size, baby, when we lay down. We're all about this thing, you know what I mean? Now we're married 13 years, happy for about six. <laughs> Timmy, when you watch with the games with Joe, is Joe picking up? dad's NBA knowledge like is he is he actively like you mentioned you watched the jaw game last night right what's Joe looking for in a night in, night in night out basis on the NBA yeah see I, I, I just thought it's a great question first of all thank you um, I pointed out to him recently that Zach Levine's a bad teammate Ooh. so now he goes into school telling everyone in the Chicago land area Zach Levine sucks <laughs> so then his friends are like yeah but he averages 25 points a game and I said Joe since Zach Levine has not been a part of the Bulls, uh, they went to Miami, beat the Heat. They went to Philadelphia, beat the 76ers. 
Lost at the buzzer. Jimmy Butler made a last-second shot. Should have beat the Heat twice in Miami. You know, basketball is a team sport. And Zach Levine's a bad teammate. Mm. And you want to know what I mean? When you're a shooter, you catch the ball here. Big difference, you catch it off to the side. He just doesn't do little things right. And that's a team I've been betting. Last night, they were 1 for 15 from 3. The Bulls in the first half still won, still covered. Like, teams change. You know, Rocky said this at the end of the four. Rocky four. He said, if I could change, and then the Russian guy went, I got you, I got you. If you could change. We all could change. Everybody could change. So I think teams change. Memphis is going in this direction. Bulls are going in this direction. If I was looking for someone to trade for, I would not trade for Zach Levine. Wow. I, I would agree with you. I think there's players in the NBA that get signed to long-term contracts, Levine being one of them. Trey Young is another one down in Atlanta. You're not winning with these guys. They're good players, but I don't think you can win championships. And at the end of the day, the greatest thing about sports is there's only one goal. It ends with the Larry O'Brien trophy. If you don't have that, and I get that Giannis said last year, it's not the season's not a failure. You learn from it. But to me, when you're one of those seven or eight teams that has a chance, that's the only focal point. And if I'm the Chicago Bulls, I'm looking to rebuild. What's your take on what the Bulls should do with Levine, where you have the Bulls kind of moving forward? Yeah, I think the Bulls are an absolute disaster. Now, I do applaud that they tried. You know, like they, they, they brought in a new management team, and they went out and they signed Lonzo Ball, and they got the, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and they got Nikola Vucevic. Like, they tried. Problem was, Lonzo Ball never played, and it never really came to fruition. When that team was healthy, who knows what could have happened. But now, you know, you got to break the band up and start all over again. You know, you talked about the seven or eight teams that could win it. Man, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I I, I, I only see Boston. Mm. I only see Boston until Porzingis goes Porzingis and he gets hurt because he always gets hurt. But if he's healthy, uh, I, I actually think they should be minus 180. Wow. That, that's how much far and away. I, I don't think any other team can compete with them when healthy. Huge caveat there. Porzingis didn't play against the Warriors. They lost that game. He comes back second half for back-to-back against the Kings. Line was Boston minus three, goes to Sacramento minus three, and the Celtics run them off the floor. So the Celtics are the best team in the East Conference when healthy. So we know sports guys are going to get hurt. As far as the West, I do think that's a little more up for grabs, but how could you possibly bet Phoenix? In the last nine games, one and eight against the spread, and they're still learning how to dance with one another. I, I love Tim's breakdown of the Eastern Conference. I want to stay there for a second, Dave. Tim, you're right. I think the addition of Porzingis presents a challenge for Giannis that wasn't previously there. And then Drew Holiday, to me, is still one of the great on-ball defenders. And when you look at it, that's a loss and an addition for the Celtics at the same time. And in the Western Conference, you mentioned Phoenix being on the outside looking in for you. I would agree with him there as well. To me, though, Tim, and I don't know where you're at in this one, Dave, but I think there's three teams, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. Yeah, you know, I... Trust me, Amal, I love telling everybody I'm right. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I was wrong about the Clippers. Like, I did not see this working out. You know, they bring in Harden. Him and Westbrook are starting. Give Russell Westbrook credit. Like, he was like, you know, I, yeah. I, I need to go to the bench. And, you know, at the 26-game mark, I have to look up the numbers again. Do you know who played the most games so far for the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard. So wow. he's been healthy. Paul George has been healthy. Westbrook's played in every game. So, We've never seen this. And then with Harden balling, you know, they were fun to watch against the Pacers earlier this week. He's doing the snowman. He's hitting back a step back three. So, you know, we've been waiting for this. And Bomber's been laughing, selling this dream to us that the Clippers are going to go for the hump. You might, I, I agree with you, Amal. The Timberwolves, 
I just don't trust Rudy Gobert. Mm. I, I think he gave everybody COVID, and uh, <laughs> no one's come back from that when he was rubbing phones. <laughs> they passed. What are you laughing at, Dave? Remember he gave everybody COVID? Oh, I remember. Everybody's there. Like, you got to cancel Rudy Gobert. You got to get him out of the country. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. Rudy, but him and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I think, are going to be an amazing regular season team. You get him in the playoffs, and guys, how many series have we watched at Rudy Gobert right. where he's on the bench because he can't guard in the pick and roll, and they're exposing him? So I trust him in the regular season. Playoffs, I need to see more. Going about 45 seconds before we go to break here, Timmy, but uh, very quickly, Lakers are 10-1 to 1 to win the West. They did hang the in-season tournament banner. Are they fatigued from that? Because, you know, LeBron won that, and Michael never did. Yeah, it seemed like LeBron cared about winning it. Right. You know, is the in-season tournament, guys, going to become like the modern-day home run derby? <laughs> right? Remember Bobby Abreu hit like 3,900 home runs in the home run derby that he hit a hit one? Everyone's like, you can't go in the home run derby. It kills your swing. It's like, does the in-season tournament end up right. hurting your game? It's it hurt the Pacers. The only one they've had out of the break is they beat the lowly Pistons. By the way, how bad are the Pistons, guys? They're awful. I Timmy, mean, Timmy, can you stick around for one more second? Pistons bloodline. See this old man right here? He's a Pistons guy. <laughs> Big Dan. Big Dan with the – Timmy, before you go to the country club, can you stick around for one more segment? Sure, let's do it. There he is, everybody. America's coming back for one more. Stick right here. Sharp Money on Visa. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on 
VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter than VSIN is the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up for our holiday special today. Get VSIN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. Sign up today. Get unlimited access to daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, 24 7 video, plus all of our betting guides and best bets for all the college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and even. March Madness. Don't miss out on this limited time holiday offer, so visit vsin.com slash subscribe. Sign up for our holiday special show now. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We continue Sharp Money, and Tim Doyle was kind enough to join us through the segment and through the, through the break. Of course, you can catch Timmy on CBS, NBA TV, NBA bet host, at Tim Doyle double zero. And as we found out in the first segment, Amal, Tim is going to the country club tonight, hence the jacket that he's wearing today on the program. Tim, you've never gone, though, to the country club yet. Snooty, snotty. Like, what do you expect now when you go? Because you're, you know, don't take this as disrespect. You don't seem like a country club guy. I, I, I'm not, but I, I, I'm going to have to do something when I get older. And that's what I look forward to doing, going to the country club. Because our parents, you know, I know your parents are still alive. We love them so much. And my parents are still alive. And... Amal, when my phone rings and it's my mom calling, I'm always like, it's 50-50. Because if my dad passed away, I get a huge inheritance. But if he's alive, <laughs> amazing. So it's like every time my mom calls, I go, is he still here? Or are you still here? Right? So it's a win-win. It's, it's like I've hedged my life bet with my dad. But he admitted to me recently, David, that he he, he wished he would have played golf. Ooh. And I've never, I've never swung club my entire life, even though I did have Bubba Watson $500 to win on him at 40 to 1 when he ripped it around the tree Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable. Uh, it's actually the only sport I've maybe turned a lifetime profit on because I've not <laughs> bet it all a lot is golf. And I love that Amal went to Keeneland. And the fact that he was at the track, the horses were running live. He couldn't even bring himself to bet one animal with a very small man on top of it because he <laughs> felt like he had no edge to it. He'll bet like these Russians playing in Scandinavia in a doubles match, but he won't touch the horse racing. It's amazing. It is amazing discipline, though, Amal, because you went to the track, you enjoyed it, and did not wager. I thought it was an amazing experience. I'd never been to the track before, and it, it was so much fun, but everyone's like, you're not going to bet? I was like, no. I was like, I don't know anything about this. Can't do it. Well, then, but, I, that, that is amazing because I don't have that type of dis discipline when I go to the track with Timmy, we just give Timmy our money and then root for the horses. That, that, that's it. Tim, I know you went to the Breeders very quickly before we get back to the NBA. <laughs> to the NBA. If, when you have a bad day at the track, do you mentally say, I just got to step away and reprocess and, and rethink my, my grand scheme here? I think that in any betting uh, philosophy that you have, once you come up with your philosophy, which takes many years of oh, trial boy. and error, you, you got to stick with it. You know what I mean? You can't deviate and, and, and step away from philosophies that have at least turned you a profit or made you a score. It's tough to do. If you find yourself going on tilt, I think that's the time to kind of step away and be like, all right, take a deep breath. Because if you give yourself some time off, your brain will change. It'll allow you to start seeing things differently. But when you get in that moment oh. and you can't get away from it, and that's what was happening to me. And then I'm at the Breeders' Cup and Bo Derek, who everyone's like, oh, Bo Derek. Yeah, Bo Derek's like, she's. Anyway, she turns to me as I'm she's losing. She's what? She wait, 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 wait. She's what, Tim? She's a very. Uh, she's not. Not. She's not the movie Ten anymore. Okay. Well, she's a little bit older. <laughs> so she turns to me and she goes. Uh, she goes. Uh, Are you enjoying the races? And I said, uh, I, I am enjoying the races. She goes. Uh, I go. Are you a gambler? Because that's what I always ask, right? And she goes, I'm not. 
And uh, she walked away, and a couple old timers come up to me, and they go, "Do you know that was Bo Derek you were talking to?" And I go, "I, I didn't really ne- notice, but I did notice her necklace." And I know if I would have touched her necklace, two ambulances and a fire truck would have been there. I think it was life alert. I think it was like, oh, like, oh, you, oh I'm kidding. You cannot say that about the great Bo Derek. You cannot. Hey, listen, D- Tim likes to live dangerously. He was nice enough in the commercial break to extend me an invite to go to the country club with him. But I told him I didn't want to lo- him to lose his non-refundable fee. I mean, you know, he couldn't take me, so I appreciate it. Uh, Timmy's always on top of everything. we got to get to a mall, to Tim's Country Club in Chicago. we got to make that happen before <laughs> this goes completely off the rails. It already is. Look at him. <laughs> Timmy, i got to ask you about the Rookie of the Year because this summer there was oh, yeah. there was only one wager to make. Yeah. It, it was Victor Webb and Yama, right? And now I look up and I see you can get Victor at plus money, at plus ten, and now Chet. Chet Ogren is now the betting favorite at minus $1.55. And then it's extreme long shots and the Jaime Haskins of the world at uh, 50 to 1. Thompson at 150 to 1. Brandon Miller at 200 to 1. Two horse race, Timmy. And would you consider Victor now at plus money? Um, great question. I, I, I thought that Chet was live. He was 3 to 1 before the season, plus 300 coming into the year because I thought his team was going to be very good mm. to the tune of. You know, 48, 46, 50 wins, somewhere in that range. And they seem to be trending in that direction. So now, you know, do you feel like you're too late to the party? I don't think so. I think you're still getting value there. I watched Wembenyama yesterday against the Bulls just because it was on locally. And he had no points in the first half. And frankly, I thought he looked tired. They Mm. had him with Connor Bedard before the game and two number one picks. And, you know, they've really been trotting him out there every which way from a promotional standpoint. And remember, guys, he's never played 82. Right. So it's like it looked like it was wearing on him a little bit last night. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Chet, I know you're not getting great odds, but I, I think he should actually be minus 300. Wow. Uh, Jaime Haquez, great pick by the Heat, fits yep. in with that culture. Uh, two things, I, I, two guys that I have a problem with, Haquez and Holmgren. Here's what Haquez, the facial hair, because he just has the chin hair into the mustache, which is very like. Ah, I'm Jaime Haquez. I do bar mitzvahs. I do funerals. Like, I feel like he swallows swords, okay? Like, he's just like, hello, I do six swords at once. My name is Jaime Haquez, okay? And then Chet Holmgren, if you ever looked at his facial hair, the only other person that has the same facial hair is Abraham Lincoln. He does the beard, and it doesn't connect. Like, Chet, you got to connect the whole bit. He just has, like, the Abe Lincoln beard. Yeah, it's got an Andrew Luck look to it a little bit. I just, yeah, and like Chet, Chet's got the big head and stuff with a bit like it's just the beard. I think he needs to connect the mustache at some point. I just realized who uh, Tim looks like to me a little bit. Bring it. Tom Hardy in, in Legend. Oh, wow. Because, you know, my call, my go-to for Timmy has always been Steven Skull. Oh, don't insult Tim like that. Oh, my God. He, Tim is. Are you kidding me? He's above the law. Steven Seagal is like in his third trimester. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you guys know this, okay, but. Amal, I was a big kid, all right? Like, I used to have to shop in the husky section of the store. Like, like you know, it's embarrassing when you go over there. It's like, you know, it's you and a bunch of other, you know, fat kids and stuff. But I have been 6'5", and David knows this, since I was 13 years old. Just because I was a large human being and stuff, I still had 13-year-old emotions. Like, I was scared of the thunder. I would jump in bed with my parents and stuff. And they were like, you can't do that. You're like a 6'5 human. But, like, I grew up. <laughs> this is a therapy session all of a sudden. I'm still scarred from this, babe. <laughs> Timmy, I, gotta... <laughs> I know it's a team you loved last year. 
And I wonder if you still love him this year. It's a long shot play. Yeah. And that would be the Orlando Magic. Tell me why you still believe in Magic. Okay, here's what I like about Orlando. They have depth. Their bench is legit. Jonathan Isaac would start for a lot of teams. Cole Anthony is leading you know, guys in scoring off the bench. Uh, they have two perennial all-stars. They're not all-stars yet, but they will be all-stars. Paolo Bancaro mm. and Franz Wagner. Now, they just went up to Boston and got their butts kicked twice. They lost both games by 17. But the prior four games, the Magic were 4-0 against Boston. And I watched that, those games closely, and there was really a stark difference. Like, Boston's here and Orlando's there. And Boston was healthy. And that was kind of the final straw for me that I was like, all right, there's a wide gap between Boston and everybody else. Orlando just went to Milwaukee and played them close on the road. Uh, Orlando's really good. I'd love for them to pick up like a, a, a vet that fits in. Uh, you see the spread there, you get an eight and a half, mm -hmm. and you would have covered. They ended up losing by four. But, yeah, they have two all-stars in Wagner and Paolo. And I want to, you know, Dave Ross, a lot of people don't know this. He coined Brotherly Shove. I did. Uh, Ten years ago. Didn't trademark it. I want to trademark this, okay? Paolo and Franz are going to pump <laughs> you up, okay? Pump you up. <laughs> I wish I had trademarked City of Brotherly Shove because now that's what they do, the Philly Shove. I, I could have made a untold don't, fortune. Don't worry. Roger Goodell will put a stop to that next year. He absolutely will. Uh, Timmy, before we let you go, uh, do you have a best bet that you like on the NBA slate tonight? Yeah, I like Denver. Uh, I know they're laying wood on the road, but first matchup was 124-101. And you know when you watch a game and, like, midway through the second quarter, you go, oh, this game's over. Yep. That's what I felt like in the first time they played Brooklyn. Jokic had 26 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Brooklyn's in a bad place, guys. They've lost four straight. They were kind of cover darlings earlier this year. Uh, if you don't want to lay four and a half, you know, you lay 185. I don't lay that on a straight bet. I usually throw that in a parlay. That way I'm only going to lose the fixed amount of my bet. So I, I, I never love laying points in the NBA. It just puts me in a bad mood when they're up seven and then the guy boop, bangs a three. And then, Dave, I got to try to go to bed. And then my freaking annoying three kids wake up in the morning. Like, hey, Daddy, you want to play with me? And they're like, you know, Mikael Bridges just made a three at the buzzer, kid. And then I want to, like... Stuff them into a pillow. So I normally just bet money line because, guys, it puts me in a better fatherly place. Timmy, you're the best. Enjoy the country club. Do you tip, right. Are you going to tip when you walk in, like, to the doorman and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to tip. Just like I did the night I left you and uh, you brought me a third wheel on a date. You remember that? Yeah. And, uh, and then we got to go. We're out story. of time. We're back <laughs> Have a great week. Christmas, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> More shop money in a moment. <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, Amal, we got to take a little break here and talk about Zen Nicotine Pouches. We're always dis discussing what a team needs to do to get the number one, but Zen Nicotine Pouches are already there. They've helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. So find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's EYN.com. This product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside the aforementioned Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here with you. A couple segments to go here in this edition of Sharp Money. A lot of fun having Tim Doyle on in the last couple segments. Absolute riot. Also knows his stuff in the NBA, so hopefully listen to some of his plays, some of his long shots that he gets out. But I cannot even imagine what that country club is going to look like tonight when he and his wife Sue show up. He's going to upset the whole apple cart there, Amal, because they're not ready for a guy like Tim. 
There's no question about it, but you know what? He'll add a little energy into yeah. that stuffy shirt environment. Yeah, and loosen up, people. Have some fun there in, in Chicago. Uh, let's get back to the NFL. Let's yep. start uh, with, with those Bears because they're going to be in Chicago as well. They're going to play the Cardinals this week. I don't like laying points with a bad team. I agree with you. Bears are a bad football team. But we know that the Cardinals, and I mentioned it earlier in, in relation to our discussion about the Eagles, they are a try-hard team with, with uh, Jonathan Gannon in year number one, right? You know, we, we talk about, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, he's not coming back. Like, why did Kyler Murray come back this year? I think Kyler Murray's playing for, it, whether it's in Arizona, because Arizona's going to get a very high draft pick, right? Whether it's in Arizona or somewhere else, he's putting out tape every week. And so is Justin Fields. It feels like a, a matchup to me where both these quarterbacks actually have something to prove. Higher total, uh, weather's not supposed to be that bad this weekend in Chicago. Are we expecting some offense against at least one really bad defense in Arizona and a defense in Chicago that's played better since Matt Eberflus has taken over play calling? Yeah, I think, look, the Bears defensively have been far better. They've done a great job. But at the same time, you mentioned it best. I don't want to lay points with a bad team. Yep. You don't expect bad teams to do good things for you here. I would take the Cardinals. The numbers come down from four and a half, and no surprise in that when you look at it. Um, I think the Bears probably eke out a win, but I feel like it's going to be a tight, competitive game. It could go either way. wouldn't be surprised all if Arizona wins this game. Yeah, I, I think it's a teasable spot. Obviously, that, that hook's gone away at four and a half. would have been nice to tease that up yeah. to ten and a half there. But I, I kind of see it the same way, a one-score game here. Either way, and ironically, it's a game that both teams – should actively want to lose big picture, yeah. but you both can't lose it. Somebody's got to win it, so uh, we'll figure that out. I want to get to some more bad football because you can make good money on bad football. Commanders against the Jets. Now, this number was at three, and I thought, oh, this is because Rodgers is going to come back. He's not coming back. And the number didn't move. Yeah. So it's going to be Trevor Simeon, smart guy, speaking of Northwestern where Timmy went, another smart guy still in the NFL playing quarterback. But I don't know if he's any good. Sam Howell, you know, I wonder if Jacoby Brissett now looks like more of the answer long term. I don't know what's going on there with Ron Rivera. Looked like Howell was supposed to be the future. Maybe he's not. Another battle of backups here. What do we make of the Jets laying three? Yeah, this is a tough game. I'm not going to touch this game either way. I think when you look at this commander's team, bad offensive line, inconsistent offensive play, uh, the play calling with uh, – Eric Bieniemy hasn't been great. Ron Rivera is dead man walking. He is. Um, you know, so right now it's tough to back the commanders in this spot. I do like Trevor Simeon compared to what we saw. Uh, Tim Boyle, who was released by the Jets, and, of course, Zach Wilson, who started a bunch of games for the Jets this year. So, for me, I don't have a bad point of view in terms of taking the Jets minus three. But, again, I, I just don't like this game. I'm not interested in betting this game. It's a huge game for me. Because I played the Jets not to make the postseason at plus $1.30. Oh, you're fine. And so we win that, right? You're fine. But then I also played the under 9.5, which is already in pocket. But then, Amar Shaw, because I listen to people like Amal, I tried to find a nice juicy middle. Yeah. And I bet about six weeks ago, Jets over win total 5.5. So I created a four-game middle. That's beautiful. Right? And they're stuck at five. I got three weeks to get one victory, and we cash both tickets. Well, I think this is your best chance, right? right? You got the Commanders, and then you're at the Browns, and then you are at the Patriots. This is the one. This is the game. I'm really hoping Trevor Simeon can cash yeah. those double tickets for me and find that middle spot there. Uh, so you see that remaining schedule. Again, I think uh, the Browns game is probably not winnable, but certainly winnable at New England. But you know that Bill Belichick would hate to go out losing to the Jets. That would be the worst possible way to end potentially his Patriots tenure there. Let's stay with the, this theme that we're on here. And I don't know that it's bad football necessarily from the Broncos standpoint, but it is from the Patriots. And I mentioned Bill Belichick. He could be the final three games of, for his tenure as head coach of the New England Patriots. They go to Denver. 
This number's starting to get away, though, a little bit. It's up to seven. I kind of, maybe it's still a teasable spot if you want to back the Broncos. Is there any new life for the Patriots here, or is this all one-way traffic in your eyes? I, I think this is one-way traffic. I think it's tough to back the Patriots right now. The team looks a bit disengaged. They've played hard. They've competed. The defense has been good all year long, but again, the offense has been anemic. Denver coming off an embarrassing performance uh, last week on national TV against the Detroit Lions. Not an opportunity to bounce back on Sunday night football on Christmas Eve. Denver's ten generally plays well at home, altitude being a factor also in the second half of that game. Seven is not a number I want to lay with the Broncos, but you talked earlier about a teaser with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I would look at teasing the Broncos down in this particular spot. You know, Circus Survivor, I think there's like 10 people remaining uh, right around there. I would expect the majority of people, because they do have Denver remaining, I would expect them to be on the Broncos. It would feel like a good spot there if you're still alive there and by down to 10 yeah. with 9-plus milli on the line. Whew. Let's ride, Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, let's get to some maybe some better football here. But the Jags news, I think it's improving on Trevor Lawrence. He practiced today, but he still has not been cleared. And, again, this is the new age of NFL quarterbacking here that he's got to be cleared by an independent doctor right. so even though you're practicing which is kind of odd right he's going to let the guy go practice but he's not exactly yet officially cleared to play but those are better signs when he is practicing man if you get the news that Lawrence is playing and this number is now up to two and a half in the Buccaneers battle of Florida I kind of look at it and go Maybe I roll the dice and, and take the two and a half here. I know the Buccaneers coming off a great high of highs where Baker Mayfield had a perfect quarterback rating last week in Green Bay. Sorry, Wyatt. But that did happen. I, I think maybe the Bucs would have been inflated here, Amal. I, I don't disagree with you in terms of where the number is going. Yeah. But again, remember, Trevor Lawrence, concussion protocol. This team in Jacksonville, I was never a believer in them. They've lost three in a row. It doesn't surprise me that they're not as good as people may have thought they were coming into the season. Um, I thought they really were outplayed in that game against the Browns. Now you look at this team, they were dominated by the Ravens at home. They lost a bad game against a backup quarterback in Joe, um, yeah. Brown, Jake Browning. And that was the, that was the Monday night yeah. game that kind of raised eyebrows like, whoa. And, and by the way, you still had a healthy Trevor Lawrence until the end of that game. Absolutely. And now you look at it, you're playing off against the Buccaneers team. Got a lot of momentum from the performance we saw to Baker Mayfield. This is going to be a crucial game for this Tampa team within the division race. On the flip side, the Jaguars need this game. Oh, look, man. They're in a three-way tie for the division. And you've got the the Texans playing the Browns, who are a road favorite. And I forgot who the Colts have. They, but that's the next one I want to talk about. Yeah. It's the Falcons. Yeah. So that's uh, these are two other teams within your division that could lose the game. If you can win this game, you put yourself in a great position. Yeah, it, it is fascinating that that is now a dogfight in the AFC South. They look like a division that was long done but three straight losses you go from nine and three to nine and six and that's exactly where they find themselves uh right now in a dogfight let's get to that game i mentioned with the colts and the falcons here because uh, i look at this game and this is interesting to me early in the week and i bet this early i got the atl and i know people are going, why are you back the falcons it was because I knew they were making the move to Taylor Heineke. Yeah. They could not keep going with Desmond Ritter. Correct. I actually think they're going to get a little bit of a boost from that. But I did not expect this to go from the Falcons getting to, and that's when I got them at plus money uh, on the money line at plus $1.15. Now it's minus $1.50 for the Falcons to just win the game, and it's gone all the way to two and a half. That surprises me. I'm not interested now necessarily getting in on the ATL, but I understand why. I think Heineke – Gives them hope, and Ritter seems to take all their hope away. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, this is, you know, look, 
I think teasers in the NFL hold a lot of value simply yeah. because we know how tight the lines are. But at the same time, I think the Colts have a shot to win this game. I'm not convinced that Taylor Heineke is the difference maker, but I do think it's an upgrade compared to what we see out of Desmond Ritter or have seen. They're inconsistent. That's the problem with the Falcons. Shane Steichen deserves a ton of credit for what's happened with this Colts team. Gardner Minshew took over for Anthony Richardson. And frankly, I don't think the Colts would be here right now if that Anthony Richardson is their quarterback as a rookie. Yeah, and part of the handicap for me early on with the Colts was I thought they were going to start the year with Gardner. They didn't. He, he was indifferent early on, but they did get that nice win at Baltimore early on in the season. And by the way, if you're somebody like me that played the Falcons earlier in the week, to Wall's point, this is a great opportunity to tease up the Colts. Yeah. Now that the number has flipped four points, four and a half points from Atlanta getting two to the Colts now getting two and a half, now you create those middles. Right, well, you hope for, for me, Atlanta to win and not win by more than eight and a half, and we can cash more tickets. You've got to find dance partners, but I think we've given some opportunities either with the Arizona side that you can find some willing dance partners with the six-point tees. I think there's several of them on this weekend. You look at it, none of these games outside of the Bills and the, uh, the Broncos have overwhelmingly large lines. So if you're looking at it from a standpoint, who's going to be competitive? Is Atlanta the type of team you think is going to win a game by nine-plus mm. points? You look at the Cardinals. Are the Bears really going to win by 10-plus more? Maybe, maybe not. I would actually go right now just based on what we talked about. I know we're going to get into some of the other games. Mm -hmm. Denver and, of course, um, Atlanta, excuse me, the Colts are probably two that seem very attractive at this point in time. Absolutely love the way you can manipulate the market moves yeah. that you've seen uh, throughout the week. Okay, when we come back to wrap up this edition, let's talk about the big boy games. There are two big boy football games coming up this weekend. Buffalo and Dallas, and then the Ravens and the Niners. We'll get into that when you come back with us right here on Sharp Money. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. I don't know what you want for Christmas, but all I want this year is for some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just by betting $5. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code SHARP only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SHARP, and the crown can be yours. Back alongside them all, Shaw Dave Ross here, wrapping up this edition of Sharp Money here at the D in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And I want to get to the marquee game on Sunday, and then we have three not one, not two, but three Christmas Day football games. Take that, NBA. How about that? Like, you know, the NBA is normally their day. NFL's like, not so fast, my friends. They destroyed NBA on Christmas with the NFL. My God, they, they really did, because that was kind of a, the second season beginning for the NBA. We'll get to that in, in later shows. But the big one on Sunday is the Cowboys and the Dolphins. And what, why I love Jerry Jones as the owner, they asked him, you know, what went wrong in, in Buffalo. And in my bad Jarrah, he went, well, it rained, you know, and uh, well, you wanted a reason why it rained. And, uh, you know, I think we've got a chance to correct those things down in Miami. But, like, it could rain in Miami. I mean, like, like I love Jerry because it's obviously a bad excuse for why the Cowboys lost in Buffalo. It yeah. did rain. That is a fact. But now they're going to go down to South Beach. And Dolphins coming off a nice win against the Jets. It feels like a game that wasn't played. Right, like you just like you kind of get through it, and they get a shutout, thirty to nothing. The under hits there. Cowboys, it has come down. Uh, it was two down to one and a half. I saw it hit ones back up to a point and a half. Totals kind of stayed the same all week at fifty. Amal, my handicap is simple. I am handicapping inside the handicap. I'm handicapping Dan Quinn against Mike McDaniel. Now, Mike McDaniel is a guru. I, we can say whatever we want about, you know, these geniuses, these kids. He does feel like an offensive guru the way he approaches the game. Yeah. Where I think the Cowboys might have an advantage here is they run a lot of north and south stuff. They don't – you saw what the Bills did. They run – excuse me, they run north and south. They run a lot east-west, Miami. Cowboys have speed. Where you can get them, they can be a little bit light in the loafers – in the middle, when you have Micah playing on the side, you have Bell playing on the inside. If you're Mike McDaniel, do you change what you normally do to recreate what Buffalo did? Or you say, no, this is who we are. You're going to have to match our speed. Well, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a combination of both. We saw Buffalo so effective on the ground. Cook goes for 179 against the Cowboys. That was crucial. I think with Mozart and um, and A-Chain, you run the football. I think that's one of the things. You've got two guys. Remember, Mozart's a Big Ten indoor track champion yeah. in the 60-meter. Devin A-Chain's one of the fastest players in the National Football League. So I think that's something they'll consider. But I think Dallas will be much better against the run. I think Tua's going to have to beat him at some point in time. But I still like the Cowboys here. And I want to point out a couple of things. If you're going to bet this game, depending on what side you want to go on. Dallas right now, we're showing is even money. The Dolphins are minus 120, but the point spread is one and a half. So if I'm taking the Cowboys, I'm taking the point and a half. Mm. Because it minus, uh, I'd lay an extra 10 cents to get that extra point and a half. 
But if you like the Dolphins, take the money line at minus 120. No reason to lay a point and a half when you can lay an additional 10 cents from that perspective. I think there's an advantage here in this game of taking the points with Dallas if you like them at the price that the even money on the money line is not worth it. But whereas the Dolphins at minus 120 in the money line are worth it if you like Miami. Look, you know me. I'm a Cowboy backer. I got 7-1 tickets a couple weeks ago, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, win the NFC East. I've got 2-1s from the summer. This is makes me nervous, obviously, as a Cowboy backer here. I love a tee spot here with the Cowboys getting over that 7.5 because I'm with you. I would be stunned if they laid a, another clunker defensively, right? Yeah. And I, I know offensively they're like, well, what they do in the second half? That game was decided by halftime, right? So Dak threw the pick. I don't that stuff was all just kind of cosmetics. The game was already over at that point. I'd be really stunned if we didn't see a better defensive effort out of Dallas. I would agree with you there. I think when I look at this Cowboys team, they'll bounce back in a big way. The performance yesterday was very embarrassing. I, yeah. I think they'll play far better today than what we saw out of them. And I think this will be an opportunity for this team uh, to really kind of come out and show what they can do against an elite offense. Now, one other pushback real quick on the Dolphins is mm -hmm. They haven't had success against winning teams. No. They're 0-3. They haven't played well. This could be another challenge for them here. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And again, you can get the Cowboys still plus 280 if you think they can win out, which would be at Miami. And I'm with you. I'm on the Dallas side here. I do like them against Detroit. And if there's a lot to play for against Washington, they will easily win that game. But it might not matter if Philadelphia takes care of this, their business. Let's get to the Eagles because there's three games on Monday Night Football. Yeah. And the, one, the, the middle one there is the Giants against the Eagles. Uh, we'll get to the first game here in, in a sec. But, you know, you got Tommy Cutlets. Hey, you got Tommy DeVito. It's a great story, yeah. right? And now he, it's almost like DeVito is out, is over DeVito. He's like, all right, I don't want to talk about the Italian stuff anymore. I just want to play football. I don't know how good he is. He was offensive player of the week two weeks ago after that win against the Packers. And now I keep mentioning it. This was 13. Now it's come back a little bit to 13. The game is in the league. But really, for me, Philly, Jersey, doesn't matter. Yeah. Same turf. There's no... Yes, there's a home field advantage, but I don't think there's, to me, you're getting value here for the Giants at 13. Can they win the game? I don't know, but are the Eagles going to blow anybody out? Because you kind of felt like if you couldn't do it against Seattle, you got blown out two weeks in a row. Then you lose a close one to Seattle. I feel like if, if this thing stays tight, the team that is going to be tight is going to be Philly, not the Giants. I, I would agree with you that if it's tight, it benefits the Giants. But at the same time, I like Philly here. Mm. It's a big number. I think the Eagles roll in this game. Tommy DeVito, you mentioned it. Here's the one thing. Outside of the game against Washington, who's got a very poor defense, he threw for 246. Uh, he has not thrown for 200 yards in any game. Now, he's been efficient. Green Bay goes 17 for 21 for a buck 58, 71 on the ground. Against the Patriots, he's 17 for 25 for 191. He hasn't thrown any picks. you got to go back to the Dallas game when he threw an interception. Yep. But I think Philadelphia bounces back. I think the one thing that got lost in the game against the uh, Seahawks was their defense played pretty well it's overall. Uh, Hertz had two interceptions in the fourth quarter. And then on top of it, I thought it was a bad defensive choice by um, Matt Patricia in terms of what their alignment was. The safety should have been back. I don't know why. I, they, oh, on the touchdown yeah. to Smith and Jigman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They brought him in uh, on that play. It might have blitzed. I don't remember. But the thing is, I, I still think Philly's dangerous. The offense is dangerous. You got Brown and Smith on the perimeter. This is still a tough team with a link. And the, the one thing that's interesting, you look at the Eagles' remaining schedule. At home, Giants. Yeah. At home, Cardinals. Then on the road. This is not really a road game again. He's just going to New Jersey to take on the G-Men. So it feels like three home games for all intents and purposes. I will say this. If they get off to a slow start, yeah. if there's any fan base in the world that would turn on their team in a blink of an eye, it's this one. So they better come out with a good first quarter. They, by the way, they got off to a great start. First drive yeah. of the game against Seattle, 7 nothing. 
you know, if that game's in Philly, maybe they roll. Yes. But because it was on the road, I think they had a little bit more pushback there and did not get that true home field advantage. I would agree. And real quick, I would just ask you, how many points do you think the Giants are able to get in this game? Yeah, that's the tough part. Yeah. If they can get to 17, maybe they have a I, shot. I agree with you. If they get to 17, I'm not convinced they get there. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Uh, first game on Monday Night Football is the Raiders against the Chiefs. This is in Arrowhead. It's going to be cold. We know that. Aiden O'Connell and company, they had a lot of time to prepare for the Chiefs here, coming off that 63-point whooping of the Chargers, which is still astounding if you go back uh, 10 days from when this game is played. Low total, 41. Is this all one-way traffic for the Chiefs here? And by the way, they still have an outside shot at a one seed here in the AFC. Yeah, they're going to need this game if they're going to get to a one seed. I'll tell you what, I like Kansas City in this game because of the number. Remember, they were a 10-point favorite, nine and a half in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Now they're the same number at home against the Raiders. I don't think so. Even though the Raiders have played well and everyone's excited about their performance against the Chargers, you know, before that, they had lost three in a row in the offense and managed to score 30 points in those three losses. Yep. One of those was against the Chiefs, and I think they had a 14 or 17, nothing, a 14 14 nothing lead in that Against game. Against the Chiefs, yes. Yeah, and then the Chiefs come storming back, outscore them 31 to 3. I think that trend continues. I think the Chiefs roll in this game. One more game to get to, and it is the marquee game, all Cowboy and, and Dolphin jokes aside. It's the Ravens and the Niners. And again, I, I understand the Niners side here. It is a flat number of five, up to five and a half here, kind of fluctuate a lot. High total of 47 here. I do feel like if Baltimore wins, it's because Lamar Jackson is Superman. They've got a lot of injuries. Mitchell go, goes out now for the rest of the year. Mark Andrews isn't walking through that door. It looks like the Niners as healthy as they've been all year long. Is this all one-way traffic in Santa Clara? I think so. I think the Niners have a lot to play for, right? They still need oh, yeah. the game. And even though with a loss, they can still get the one seed. But if they win this game, Dave, and if you get that coupled with a potential Miami or Philly loss, then you've wrapped up. Uh, the conference. So I think the Niners at home, they, they know what they have an opportunity to do. This team is just too good and too efficient offensively. As good as Lamar is, he is capable of knocking off this Niners team, but I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on him in terms of what he can do with his legs. I would say this, and I said this earlier this week, if you like the Ravens to win this game, you see they're, they're plus $2 to win the game. I would play Lamar Jackson at plus 450 to win the MVP. Because if Lamar Jackson can go into Santa Clara in primetime Monday night, Christmas night, with a whole country watching, and knock off this juggernaut, I think he vaults to the number one option for MVP over Brock Purdy if he's able to beat San Francisco in Santa Clara. Completely agree with you. I think the winner of this game, assuming Purdy doesn't play poorly, I think the winning quarterback in this game is going to wrap up the MVP. I, I think I, I see the exact same way here. I think this is the battle for MVP, not just for the battle of supremacy in the AFC and the NFC. I really want to thank Zachary Cohen and obviously Tim Doyle for joining the program. Wyatt Tomczyk do a great job as always, my friend. So thank you. And Amal, anytime I get to spend three hours with you, my friend, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely, buddy. Likewise, just want to wish everybody out there safe and uh, safe travels this weekend and a Merry Christmas on Monday. We'll be back with Sharp Money on Tuesday. That's going to do it for us here from the D, cash and tickets. We'll see you next time right here on Sharp Money. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.